0: Hey, it's great to see you here today, even though I really can't see you, hopefully you can see me. But uh, hey, we're going to be continuing our series on Jonah. And Matt, last week Matt kind of started out the series, and as he ended it, he ended where I'm going to be picking up, where Jonah's on the ship and he's going to get thrown off. And Matt ended it by talking about the title of Dump the Chump. But I figured I would go with a little more Greek title and call it You Can Run, But You Can't Hide. And so when we think about what's going on here, the background that's going on is Jonah has been called by God to go to Nineveh, and he's been called to go to Nineveh and to preach to these people. These people are evil people. People in Israel really did not like um, the Ninevites. The Israelites really didn't like um, the Ninevites at all. They They were just evil people that they didn't want to be around. And as Jonah is called by God, God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. And so what we find out is that Jonah goes down, and he gets on a ship, and he, and he starts to head to Tarshish. So I want to show you what this looks like. Jonah is here. He's in Joppa, and God calls him to go to Nineveh, about 500 miles. So what Jonah decides to do is, I'm going to get in a ship, and I'm going to go to Tarshish. So it's not like he says, I'm going to go up and go to the next town or the next city. He says, I'm going to go 2,500 miles away. So God says, I want you to go to Nineveh, 500 miles this way. And Jonah says, I'm going to head 2,500 miles. And I tried to map this out to get us a visual in the U.S. from Iowa. If God called Jonah to go to Cleveland, and Jonah said, no, I'm going to go. And he heads the other way, and he gets pretty close to Alaska and that's, that's the way he's heading, instead of going where God calls him to. So that's where we pick it up, and we, we pick it up where, where Jonah is on the ship. He's like, I'm running away from where God wants, and we're going to pick this up in Jonah chapter 1, verse 4. So follow along with me here. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. <clears throat> Such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each one cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know this is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you said, Lord, have done as you have pleased. For you, Lord, have done what, as you have pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So we we look at this, and we see that God sends this storm. And he sends a storm because Jonah has decided he's going to run from God. And again, that's kind of silly to, if you think about it. And when I think of the story of Jonah, I, I sometimes think of the log in the eye. And I look at Jonah and I say, what is wrong with you? The Bible talks about the fact of, hey, get the log out of your own eye and then you can look at the speck in someone else's eye. And In a sense, that's kind of what I feel for myself. As I look at Jonah and I say, why would you ever run from God? Why would you ever do something that's totally different than what God wants? And I realize, man, I do that all the time. And I have Jonah and other people you know, as examples to look at, but yet I still do that. So here's Jonah. He's running, running for his life, and basically running away from God, and he's on the boat, and the storm comes up. And these are, these are seasoned sailors from Tarsus. And so they come back and forth. They come from Tarsus to Joppa, back and forth, and you saw on the map how far of a distance. That's a 2,500-mile 2500, 2500 trek that they're, they're going on. And so these, these aren't, you know, amateurs. on on the sea here and this storm comes up and it's such a bad storm that they're fearing for their life. Now what happens on these ships is they have all this gold, all this cargo, everything on this ship, their livelihood, their salaries are on this ship. This storm is so bad that they decide they're going to throw all of that overboard and and try to lighten the ship. So they're throwing over all their money all, all, all over the salary, overboard, to try to, to lighten this, this load here. And they're crying out to their gods. It's interesting that while this is happening, they are crying out to their gods, which isn't the god. And what is Jonah doing this whole time? He's down below sleeping. He's just he's down taking a nap. And so the captain comes down and wakes him up. And he says, you know, what are you doing? You know, call out to your god. And what I think is interesting as you read this is that they knew, for some reason, Jonah had a conversation with them, and they knew he was running from God. and Because it says that later on. And I can't imagine what that conversation would be. Hey, can I get on your ship? I'm running from my God. I mean, if I would have heard that, I would have been like, you know, get the next boat out of here. But they, they question Jonah, and, and they, they try to find out what's going on here. Now, you got to remember, this storm is raging, and it's, and it's, it's breaking the boat apart. As all this is going on. So he goes and he tells the people. He's from um, his, his name, where he's from. And the name of his God. His God is Yahweh. And when you, when you look at the, the way that is. You look in your, your Bible. When it says the Lord. It's capital, probably capitalized. And that's because it's using the actual Yahweh word for God. And so he says, I'm from, you know, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. And that, that signifies the proper name of, the, of God for the Hebrews. And so they're terrified when they find this out. So they they go to um, Jonah and they say, what should we do to, to stop this? And he says, you gotta throw me overboard. Well, they hear this and they say, we're not gonna do that. I mean, so they go back and they start rowing faster because they don't want to throw him overboard because they know he's gonna die. And so they, they don't want to kill Jonah. It's interesting how Jonah doesn't seem to care that much about their lives, but yet they care about him, even though they really don't know him. Remember, he, he, they just picked him up, and they brought him along. And so they, they finally cry out to God, and they say, forgive us for doing this, because they didn't want to do it. And they throw him overboard, and it says, as soon as they did that, the storm ceased, and they were terrified. So they throw Jonah overboard, and all of a sudden, the storm stops. And then it says there it says, then God sends a fish to swallow Jonah. So that this, this, all this is happening here and on this, bo- this boat. And when I read the story, I love the water. I'm a person that you put me on a cruise ship or you put me on a jet ski or a boat, man, I love it. I could stay there all day. I could stay there for, for a long time. I remember I went up to Door County um, last year with my, my wife, and we went out there in and, and the front that I was we were staying at the cabin had a, a jet ski, wave runner, and every day I was out on that thing. And the first day I went out, it was real choppy. You had fishermen who were out there all the time coming in saying, boy, it's rough out there, be careful. And me, who I ride a jet ski or a wave runner once every seven years, so I'm an expert, I'm coming out as these seasoned fishermen are coming in, and I'm like, oh, I got this. I go out there, and I start hitting these waves to the point where I'm so airborne. I go down, and I go under the water, and I come back up. First time was like, all right, that was pretty cool. The second time was, I'm coming in. And, and that was just a small storm. And here we have it to where this giant storm on this ship, this, this giant ship is being tossed all over the place. And so I, what I, I want us to do is I want us... To take a little bit and compare Jonah to Jesus and, and see some of the comparisons and the differences that we have here. So we've got Jonah, let me get to, Jonah decided that, that he was going to fall asleep on the ship. So Jonah is, is on, the, on the ship and he's falling asleep. And he caused the storm. The storm was because Jonah had decided that I'm going to run. So Jesus is on a ship and he falls asleep. And he's the one that actually calms the storm. Look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And let us see if I can get that here. I'm, bear with me as I play with this lovely toy. So, so Mark chapter 4. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. They were also, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this, even the wind? and the waves obey him so so you look at this and you you realize that Jonah is is sleeping and causing the storm Jesus is sleeping and when he wakes up and and he calms that same storm so and the next thing we look at here is that Jonah decided it was his life or the sailors he had to die so they could live. He he basically told them, throw me overboard. And I've been studying this and trying to figure out, if he knew that he had to go overboard in order to to save these people and to calm the storm, why didn't he just jump? And everyone's all over the map on that, you know, but just the idea that he, he tells them, you gotta throw me overboard. And they didn't wanna do that, obviously. So Jesus gave up his life to save all people. Jonah decided to give up his life for the sailors. Jesus decided to give up his life for all people. He had to die so that we could live. So, so we look at the comparisons there. And then we, we look at the fact that me, the men with Jonah were afraid when the storm ceased. When that storm stopped, these men were already scared. And then they were even more terrified because they realized the power of God. And just how incredible their, Jonah's God was. And they were terrified. And we look at the disciples in the same way. The disciples were afraid when the storm ceased. Because even though the disciples are following Jesus every day, they're seeing all this stuff that that Jesus is doing. He's healing people. He's bringing back people from the dead. Then all of a sudden they realize he has that power, but now he has power over the environment. He has power over the storms and and everything around him. And so that just kind of freaked out his disciples. So we see that the similarities there too, that the, the men on the boat, For both Jonah and Jesus were both scared once the storm stopped. Then we go on and we see that Jonah spent three days inside the fish because of his sin. And Jesus spent three days inside the earth when he died because of my sin. So that's the thing I want us to think about and understand is that Jonah ends up being in in the belly of the whale because of what he had done. And there was a way for, for God to save him. But he's in that belly of the whale because of his sin and running from God. Jesus is in the belly of the earth for three days because of my sin. I'm the one that caused him. Our sins caused him to be in that, in that whale, in, in, that, or in the earth for Jesus. So we, we look at Matthew um, chapter 12, thir- verses 38 to 41, and we see where Jesus comes in and he ties his life to Jonah. And and so, we're in Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 to 41. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth." The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And now something greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus takes Jonah in the three days in the, in the belly of the whale, and he says, that's gonna be me. He's starting to prophesy, this is what's gonna happen. And he uses Jonah as, as a way to, to show what's, what's gonna happen here. And so Jesus is tying his life with Jonah, and he's trying to explain to these people that even the people of Nineveh, those evil people that repented, are gonna, it says, they're gonna stand up at the judgment in this, and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And, and so then we look at Jonah, that Jonah chose to go away from God's will. And we see that Jesus chose to go toward God's will. <clears throat> in Luke chapter 22, we see. Jesus saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So Jesus goes up. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the pain that's coming. And he goes to God and he says, Boy, if there's any way that you can take this from me, you know, that'd be great. But he goes, Not my will, but yours be done. Jonah was like, Not your will, God, mine. And he took off. Jesus says, I know what's coming. Not my will, I, my will is, if there's any other way, but he goes, not my will, but yours be done. And so Jesus was running toward God's will as Jonah was running away from God's, God's will. And um, as I'm thinking through this, and I'm, I'm always thinking of my boat stories and my, you know, just my time in the water. I remember one time we were going down to Texas to visit some uh, cousins of ours. And we went down there, and my, my cousin said, hey, do you want to go on a regatta? And I said, what's a regatta? And he goes, well, you get on a boat. It's like, it's like a, you know, a boat ride. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that. So I get out there. I'm thinking, this is great. And so I'm on a sailboat. And I'm going out. Well, what I did not know, he didn't tell me, was what a regatta really is, is a boat race. So I'm on this boat. And I'm actually in a boat race. And I'm on the crew. And I'm like, what a way to recruit your crew. You really don't want me to be on your crew if you're on a boat race. I'm just gonna tell you. And so I'm in the middle of this boat and they keep yelling. I wanted I should have looked up the term, whatever the term is when the mast is gonna come by to the other side. And every time they yell that you're supposed to duck. And Lord, thank God I, I finally figured that out. And it's going back and forth. But this whole time I get done and I was like, that wasn't really what I was expecting when I thought to go on a nice little boat ride that we're gonna be racing all these other boats down in the Gulf. They're off of Texas. But it was just kind of that, that idea. I just loved being on that water. And I, I just, I love it, especially when it's not real stormy. And it's, it's you know, but, but when we think of this here, and we think of the storms that, that come, I want us to think about the fact that, that storms come into our life in different ways. And when they come in, I want to ask this question. What do we do with that? When God calls you to do something, he says, I want you to do this. I want you to share your faith with this person. My question is, that could be your Nineveh. What is your Nineveh? It's the question I want to ask here. Is Do I have that? I don't have that on here. So. What is your Nineveh? Your, your, your Nineveh is where God has called you to go. And as we think about that, we, we look at it and we say, God has called me to do this. So whatever your Nineveh is, then I want to, to ask you this. What is your tarsus? What is it that you're running to instead of where God wants? God is saying, I want you to go over here and do this, whatever that is. And you're saying, I want to run this way and do something totally different. We have those in our life. We have the Ninevehs in our life. We have the Tarsuses in our life. And it's up to us to, to be honest and look at our lives and say, am I running from something that God is calling me to do? And am I running far, so far away because I don't want to do that? And we have to be honest and ask ourselves, why would that be? Because there are times when we run from God's will and he brings storms into our life. He brings these storms into our life to get our attention. He did that with Jonah. He does that with other people throughout the Bible. And he'll do that in our life. So, so the times when, when something's happening in your life, that's something to look at and say, boy, is there something I need to look at? Am I running away from, from what God wants for me? And then are there things that you need to throw overboard in your life? Are there things that are hindering you from doing what God wants? Those, those guys, and the sailors, tried to throw everything overboard to, to lighten the load of that ship. My question for you is, are there things in your life that you need to throw overboard? Because they're hindering you from doing what God wants. And they're hindering you for, from following after the Nineveh that God is calling you to. And so think, of, think about that. And, and, and as we, we wrap up here, what I want us to think about is for next week, uh, Matt's going to be picking up. He's going to be talking about Jonah and how Jonah cries out to God. He's praying out to God in the belly of the whale. And I can tell you right now, that is going to be one stinky prayer. Hey, let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for the fact that you bring storms into our lives to get our attention. Lord, we may, we may not understand them at times, and we may not like them. But Lord, you do it because you love us. I pray that you'll just help each one of us, myself included, to look at our lives and Lord, if we're heading in a different direction than you're calling us to go, that we would stop and turn around before those storms have to come. And Lord, we just thank you so much that you love us, that you cared enough to, to send your son to, to die on the cross for us, in our place. Lord, it was us that should have been hanging there. It's our sins that, that caused Jesus to be on that cross. Lord, I pray that you'll just help us to realize that as we live our lives and to live them in a way that honors you. In Jesus' name. Amen.